Do y'all let us know how y'all like the separated episodes. We're trying to see how that works out for you guys. And we got the sports episode and the main topic episode, and of which we've pretty much equal spins on both last week's good. episode. So that's good. That's pretty good. And so the uh, ladies is listening to both episodes. Nisi said she likes it. My wife said she likes it. So I'm like, okay, okay. I'm with it. I can dig it. Going into the main topic now, we're going to talk about the African American Museum. My visit. I took my wife and I took my daughter and I took uh, Kenny, aka Beer Game 100. Um, And um, that's it, my Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) My photographer, says videographer. Linwood. Linwood. um, Took him to the African American Museum Sunday, bro. Shout out to Jermaine and his girlfriend, Kristen, for getting those uh, tickets for us. Went to the African American Museum, bro, and it was an experience. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I went. Um, I went last year, and I can agree with you. It was, it was a eye-opening thing, bro. You, you you got happy, you got excited, but you also was down, and just sitting there like, man, how could this happen? And, bro, you know, it was so many ranges of emotions in that whole entire time. Yeah, like you start at slavery. And then you go all the way up into like, you know, the, the segregation period, civil rights and stuff like that, Jim Crow era. And it takes you on this journey uh, emotionally that I don't think people are prepared for. Mm-hmm. Like, because you, it's so much information and it's so much, it's, it's so densely put together. Like, just the, like the period leading up to slavery, uh, the 1400s and they talk about the different kingdoms in the African American civilizations and the kingdoms and then how they got involved into the um, Atlantic slave trade and then which different you know areas in, in the actual United States had different slave codes and what they traded it's so much and you start there and then it continues and then you go you go up the stairs and you go up to a different level and different period and you get you, you you like you're so it's like you're in, in immersed in all this rich history and knowledge you're happy one minute and then you get pissed off the next minute mm-hmm. and then you're happy this minute and then you get super pissed off the next minute I started getting like I started like kind of bubbling a little bit when we got to um segregation area mm-hmm. I started bubbling a little bit when I seen, and then they had like the actual hood of the KKK. Yeah, yeah. Dog. More, more visuals. Dog. And, yeah, like that zone is crazy. Oh yeah. And so they had that one, and then they had the grand. I guess the grand wizard one, the all red one. I was just like, bro, like the what? That <laughs> what 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 got me the most was, I mean, from what I remembered and what I read up on and what really like pissed me off the mm-hmm. most was the Tuskegee experiment that pissed me off I didn't get a chance to see that yeah that one pissed me where off where was that at that was uh, when you oh man where was it uh, I'm a, it was right by the KKK uh, hood it was actually. like right there on oh, that same, uh, the the same, same little joint. it was to the left side though oh so, yeah, so, well, say you you got the train the train behind you right you remember the train right oh, you got that behind you you got the hood on the right side right here yeah and then the Tuskegee experiment was over here but it was outlined in red letting you know that it was graphic material and stuff like that oh yeah. man I didn't even get a picture <clears throat> I, I got I, I, I looked at my phone I took 100 pictures 
Legit. He was I, in there. Yeah, I took 100 pictures. I was like, I was scrolling. I was like, what in the world? I didn't get a chance to see that. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the experiments I always talk about. Yeah, that one, that one. I didn't, I actually didn't, like, I might have learned about it in school but and didn't pay attention to it or just heard about it. But, like, when I actually read that and I was just like, man, that is sick. Yeah, they got a documentary on it. That's sick. The syphilis story. Yeah, they talk about how they gave black men the syphilis and... And, like, made it to where, sold them a dream. Yeah. It was like, man, you going to take care of your family doing this experiment. Yeah. They don't like, even know that this is, like, deadly. Right. Like, this, that was ridiculous, man. They had to, and the Emmett Till John almost had me tearing up. Because mm-hmm. um, that was very, you couldn't take pictures in the Emmett Till one, but it was, like, mad deep. It was an actual coffin, right? Um... No, it wasn't the actual coffin, mm. but it was like a kind of a representation of the coffin. Mm. They had a picture in there of his face that was beaten up. I, I thought they was gonna show some other stuff, but the way they was talking, but they showed like a they had like a picture in the casket. If you look over the thing, where it showed how his face was all kind of like actual stuff. size, kind of. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but his face was so horrible. Yeah, have you ever seen it? You can you can Google it and see it. It was just bad, and it had the whole memorial talk about it and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, what I was telling Nisi, man, you would think that it, you know, going to African American Museum, you would think they would have more dedication or more monuments or more exhibits dedicated to like Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, but they didn't because they gave you. Of course, you know Martin Luther King has his own thing. They they, they pretty much gave you the reason for yeah why they did what they exactly. did and served their purpose for. I seen one one picture when it got into like the the Black Power era, mm-hmm. in which they took like they talked about Malcolm X and what he did for the Black Power era, and was breaking down some of his points, and then you know cited the reason why it went the way it went. You know what I'm saying? It had the Black Panther piece, Fred Hampton, you know the cast of that nature, and um explain it all in one piece and I thought that was a pretty dope idea because we we they've told us certain ones certain leaders you know that we have we always know MLK MLK is pretty much our our guy and then you know about Malcolm X you know which is kind of like the anti-MLK almost but and you have people that I learned about out of school was yeah. like Fred Hampton right yeah. Fred Hampton <coughs> Huey Newton Bobby mm-hmm. Seale stuff like that and I thought it was dope because it was like, okay, now nah, these are two people we have. Look at these other people. Look at these other things that they contribute to this movement or to this era or to this, you know, reason. And I thought that was, you know, very educational and informative because all we know is Malcolm X and, or Martin Luther King. We don't know about everybody else. And, and even in, because of course school, school don't teach black history, right. but um, they don't teach us enough about black history at all. They teach about slavery, Martin Luther King, that's it. You know what I'm saying? But and you had to go out here and actually research on this yourself. But to see these different people contributing and what it stood for and what errors, it's pretty dope. It was dope. And I, I was telling Nisa, I was wondering what, um, what they're going to call this era. When we get older, yeah, wonder what they're gonna call it. Stay with I, I couldn't even, I couldn't even, <laughs> I couldn't even begin to tell you. Black Lives Matter era. Um, Black Lives Matter. Man, mm-hmm. I couldn't even tell you. But compared to like, yeah, man, like it's it's just different compared to how it was. Cause like back then, people were more educated, and they were more organized. 
I don't know about the education piece. I think we really, education wise, we're freaking phenomenal right now. All right. Um, but it's like, like when I say educated, you got people that go to the events for the, like, not events, but like, they go for the wrong reasons. Mm-hmm. Like, like, they go to start something. You feel what I'm saying? Does mm-hmm. that make more sense? Like, they go there, like, say with Charlottesville, people go there with the intention to fight or or whatever. Like, not not, yeah. not more so with us, but, like, you got people like, oh, all right, man, I wish they would test me when I'm in Charlottesville. Right. Blah, 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 blah. But then you got actual people that go out to Charlottesville and they're like, yo, I want to, I want to, you know, fight for a cause. Right. Not even fight, but I want to protest for a cause. Right. And, and you know, what, let my words be heard. Right. But then you got other people that's more on the physical side and they just want to, they want a little piece of the action. Just, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. But, <clears throat> um, and I think back then they were better with coming together. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. blacks were better with coming together. Mm-hmm. And I agree with that. We were more um, organizing. Like, right. Collective and, and unified, I mm-hmm. think. Right. And then, uh, I mean, I don't know, man. Like it's, it's. Uh, I can't really, I can't really explain how I feel mm-hmm. about, you know, how I feel about today. Today, because right. it, it's so, it's, you know, it's so many different points. Right. So many different points, but at the same time, it's like, <clears throat> there's a lot of ignorance. Mm-hmm. I feel like there's more ignorance than there is good points. Good and va- like valid points. True. Well, the blind. I think a lot of times the blind is leading the blind. The blind is leading the blind. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? It, it, a lot of people kind of just they they think they're educated on something. They think they're woke on something, and it's not the the true case. You know what I'm saying? Um, people believe everything they see on the internet. And don't research it for you know for themselves. Like go read a book. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? They have a lot of books in there too. That were very informative. Um, I, I wanted to buy, like, if I had the money, I wanted to buy like every book in there almost mm-hmm. in the bookstore, because it was so much information, so much knowledge, and so much uh, things I could pick up on and understand. But if you just go off based off of Google search and some stuff like that, it's not enough, man. It's not enough. Mm-hmm. You know, the other thing I think, I think we don't understand a lot. Because we've been brainwashed to think that we are only limited to a certain amount of things in life or in society, um, is that we come from a lineage and uh, come from a culture and heritage that was very resilient, mm-hmm. very innovative, um, and very creative. Uh, if you look, the museum highlights so much information, so many projects, so many firsts that if you don't feel empowered from leaving that museum, knowing that you can do any and everything, then I'm pretty sure you missed the whole point of that museum. Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? Because the the museum, I think, and this is my opinion, when they, when they put it together and they put all this information in it, wasn't to empower the black culture mm-hmm. to empower African Americans. Um, we've been disenfranchised for so long, thinking that we're only this, that, and the third. Thinking that we're only limited to this, that, and the third, and with so much rich history and things we've done in the past that they hidden from us. Like I said, we talked about last time. They we didn't even know nothing about the the three women from NASA who was doing the mathematical equations for NASA until 
2015. Wow. No, knew nothing about <clears throat> You know how many lives and minds that could, little girls that that can change if they knew about that 20, 30 years ago? You feel what I'm saying? They were black women. They was black and they were women. They were engineers. You feel what I'm saying? Three fields primarily dominated by who? White men. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They were doing equations that white men couldn't do on the calculator in their head by hand. You know what I'm saying? It it it, it promotes us a uh, an intelligence that far surpasses what we see on TV or just hear about. And it's in the in the museum. You see it. You see. Everything that we've done over history, there's nothing in there that we have not touched. I thought it was crazy to have that much information in one place and understand that we've we've done so much. Everybody from military, from the government, to education, to sports, to music, whatever you think you to art, like the art in there. You seen mm-hmm. the visual art in there? No, the the, the art the art kind of took me for by surprise because they put it off to the side. And you just see these dope pieces, and you're like, yo, remember that whole line of people, you know, people like, you know, want to be an artist, and, you know what I'm saying, want to draw and do graphics and stuff like that, but they kind of discouraged from doing that? No. You have people who've done that back in past history. That's what you come from. Mm-hmm. It made me understand that line from Pimp C so much more. Like, when he says, don't be, don't be, um... Looking down upon the youth, they want royal jewelry, and you know what I'm saying. Da 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 da. They come from kings and queens, like you know what I'm saying. Because and because we come from that. That's how we come. We we we, you know, were carried ourselves. And they talked about style a lot in that museum. Oh yeah. They talk. I mean, like every pocket of that museum, they talked about style and they talked about how blacks take you know take things and put style to it, mm-hmm. and everybody wants to do that. We do. It's, it's the culture. It's the culture, man. It's the culture. I was just like, you need like people need like blacks, in particular. I'm putting, I'm tasking you guys. Ever you do, take yourself to that museum, bro, because you're gonna you're gonna feel so much more empowered than you ever had before. I'm so I'm, I'm I I've I've left that museum knowing that I can and, achieve everything. Empowered, motivated, and just you just feel like the the world is yours, man. That's, it how, is. that's how you feel It is You know what I mean Like when I left there I was highly inspired Yeah You know what I'm saying And I just It's nothing that we can't do mm-hmm. It's nothing that They can't tell us That we can't do it. Like you know You hear so many times Like black people Got it twice as hard They got to fight it twice as hard They can't do They can't do this They can't do that They can't do this Like the white You know white person Da 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 Yeah bruh No Yes we can Like Go to that museum Find what you're trying to do and they have a segment on it. Like, yep. <laughs> is it music? Okay, go to the music exhibition. Like, the music genre was crazy. You know they what I'm saying? They had actual outfits that they wore and stuff. Bruh, like, that, like James Brown bruh, shoes. They had the mothership okay. from Parliament and them boys. <laughs> I was sized. Yeah. I was so sized. Because <laughs> I always seen the old videos of the mothership, and I hear about the mothership, and I'm like, this is the mothership. Yeah. <laughs> it's the mothership, yo. I was so, so my phone was dying, bro. And I wanted to send a picture to my dad, like, yo, I found the mothership, yeah. yo. 
it, only us in the in the culture will understand what's the mothership, what it stands for. You know what I'm saying? I'm just I trip, man. I seen the go-go piece they did on that John. Seen the Public Enemy piece on that man. They put they had the hip hop section in there. How you know the culture of hip hop has affected everything. It just rethinking about it. That's why I get, I'm getting caught up in my words because it's so much. I don't. It's so much to describe and talk about. It's they had Chuck Berry's Cadillac in that John. I was like. Oh, how did y'all bring the Cadillac in here? Like that joint was clean, super clean, bro. Like that cherry red, bro. I'm sitting there like the chrome. That joint looked brand new, brand new, dog. Like I think they remodeled it. They restored it, probably. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they restored it, but that joint was bad, super bad, bro. They had uh, who whose drum set in there? They had somebody's drum set in there. They had uh, what'd you call it? Jimi Hendrix guitar. Mm -hmm. They had uh. You see that piece where you can make beats? With the NPC? Yeah. Yeah. They had that in that zone. I was just like, that's that's crazy to me. Like that Prince's Prince's outfit in there, Whitney Houston. Bruh. Uh, they had Prince that Prince jacket, somebody's jacket, that jump's cold in that zone, man. Man, they had a lot of, they had a lot of stuff in there. And it, for real, for real, I already I already know what section you was really into. You was really into the uh black black power. Oh section, yeah, like the yeah. the Black Panthers and all of that. I, yeah. I can see that was your pro probably your favorite section. Yeah, my favorite section. You would have thought and it sports. was sports. You would have thought it was sports for me, mm -hmm. but it was um, man, for real. I like the tour. I like mm -hmm. the tour a lot. The, the 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 joint when you go in there and then as you go down the elevator, it shows you fourteen hundred, yeah, sixteen hundred, seventeen. Yeah. You know, I think that that tour like. And for like, and as bad as it is, and as much as I hate that it happened, I think that the the slavery section right. was what I was more into because, mm -hmm. <clears throat> like, I like that period, the black the Black Panthers period. I, I love that period because it's like it's documented, it's filmed. We see it. Mm -hmm. You can actually see it. Just like how I'm fascinated in World War One and World War Two and Vietnam and all. Like, I'm fascinated in that because we can actually see it. Right. But actually seeing the pictures from slavery and the tools that they use and the uh, stuff that they had them chained up in, mm -hmm. like they had actual chains in there. Mm -hmm. They had everything in there, like sugar bowls and all of that stuff. Like, it was just fascinating to see all of those old, old objects and just sit there and, like, you know, be in arm's reach of them. Right. And look at the condition that they was in and just look at how real it was. Like, you could tell that there's, like, you did not make these. Yeah. These, these, yeah. these were actual, you know, objects that yeah. back in the yeah. time that they were made. Right. And I just think that the whole experience was dope because... Like you said, they had the, the maps of where they came from, the slaves, where they came from. Right. They had the sugar pots, man. They had, you know, the like some of the farms, like how it was made. They had like um, the roles that the blacks played in the Civil War and stuff mm -hmm. like that, mm -hmm. man. And it was just like that's the part where because I, I mean we see pictures of it in the in the history books at school, but not like that. Not like that. N not like we've seen it at the Black History Museum. So I would have to say that like the slavery portion of that like gave me the most mm -hmm. you know um, education or I or something that I've never seen before was uh, the slavery portion of it. I would say that the same thing. I, I mean, of course, everybody knows the Black Power part was my, you know, would be my favorite. Mm -hmm. um, and I I enjoyed the music and the sports, the um, kind of like the um, 
I forgot what level it is on level three where it has everything the music, sports. Mm-hmm. Nah, the music. Think, was that level three or level? I think it was level. Level two was art and food. Was yeah. it art and food? Food is on one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, food is on one with the. Um, and you take the joint to go down to the slavery piece. Okay. Whatever level they had where we talked about, like, they talked about, like, the TV, the arts, and the music, all that culture type stuff. Yeah, that was on the same floor. I enjoyed that that piece as well, but as a as a, a learner, somebody who likes to learn, mm-hmm. the slavery portion, like you said, was probably the most important piece to me mm-hmm. and really opened my eyes to more stuff. Like I knew about the transatlantic slave trade, I knew about some different things involving slavery, but that gave me a real good depiction as far as the conditions that we were under, the things that we utilized. Um, but it also it also gave me a lot of rich knowledge and history about how the transatlantic slave trade affected different kingdoms and different uh, African civilizations and different... It, it just, it was just it, it gave more insight. Like, I, I took an African-American history class, so I was already aware, but it went deeper because it went more, it went deeper, too, into the U.S. side of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> the different slave codes of different areas. You feel what I'm saying? The Civil War, the different, like, after Lincoln signed the, you know, to end slavery, what was still happening. You know what I'm saying? Sharecroppers, the houses that they were staying in. It it just, it, it really opened my eyes up to a lot of this. Like, it's a lot of stuff I was, like, taking pictures of. I was like, oh, I didn't even know that. You know what I'm saying? I didn't even know that. And I thought I knew a, a pretty much mm-hmm. significant amount. And it's like, I'm still finding stuff in there today that I didn't even know. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I think, if anything, you, because a lot of stuff, like you said, is documented now from, like, probably, like, the 50s and 60s and World War, I think it's important that you start at that bottom piece. Mm-hmm. As much as you don't want to see it, yeah, you got to start there at that slavery piece and actually inform yourself of that whole bottom piece before you do anything else, because that's gonna give you your base, your knowledge base, and your history, and then you can learn from there. Mm-hmm. Like remember that time I told you that dude? <laughs> no, I do one of my former classmates. I've hit. Um, Caroline told me that only 400,000 slaves died <laughs> in, 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 in the whole in slavery. And I, was, and I was looking at the numbers. I took some pictures of like the numbers. It was talking about the different slaves that came through the different areas of the, the U.S. And I was just like, this dude, this lady told me 400,000 people. And all of this documented, finally, the numbers of how many people. You know what I'm saying? This is amazing. So... I'm of the mindset now when we talking about things regarding black black people social injustices and stuff like that my first argument I'm not even going to argue anymore it's going to be like have you went to the African American Museum mm-hmm. and if you say no I'm done arguing I'm not even going to debate you because that the museum is going to answer every question that you have exactly about why black people feel the way they feel and why black people feel the way they feel about police brutality social injustices racism discrimination that museum, if you don't leave there, as a, if you go as a white person and you don't leave there understanding fully black culture and why we feel the way we feel daily and the struggle it takes for us to be black in America, you are never going to understand it. Mm-hmm. 
you're never going to understand it. Because that, right, that museum up there is a crash course in African-American history and why we think the way we think and why we believe the way we believe. And I like the slavery piece where they talked about, like, you know, of course they talk about the physical violence and stuff like that, but they also talked a lot about the psychological um, issues that those slavery and, you know, the segregation and discrimination and the racism played on black people. Mm-hmm. I thought but that was still, super important. It still plays a role in black people today. Yep. Mentally. Yep. You know? Yep. I forgot what part of the museum Nisi was saying. Um, she said that she was in that part of the museum. I want to say it was slavery. But she said once she got out of that section, I think she had looked a white person in their eyes. And she was just like, they they looked like they was ashamed of themselves or not of themselves, but their culture. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And that just goes to show it does have an impact. It has a huge impact on whether you're black or white. You know? Right. It does. It does. And she said, uh, I forgot. She, I forgot. What she said. A, couple, a couple looks I got. I didn't get a lot. She got more looks than I did. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But... Because a lot of people say you go up in that zone, like white people was like looking at you like side, like look at you like they're sorry or they're. It, yeah. It's, it's crazy, man. But like I said, if you go up in that zone, man, you don't understand black culture. You're trying to get a more of a grasp. You're going to the open mindset. I promise you, you're going to leave there. Yeah. Knowing and understanding. You're going to learn a thing or 50 that you didn't know. Yeah. You know exactly. what I'm saying? Like, exactly. I, I, I learned, man, I learned a few different things that I didn't know. And I'm glad that I know them now, man. Because, you know, you just gotta, you just gotta educate yourself, man. You do. And I would say start there. And if you don't, like I said, got a lot of books on there. It's a lot of books in there, man. From the yeah. When, when you go, like when you go there and you learn something, you got you question more. Mm-hmm. And that's just building your mind, you know. Because you, the more questions you have for yourself, the more you're gonna try to figure it out. It increased. It increased. Like I said. I, it, like I said. It. I, I still think I still am probably gonna write something else out about it, because it, it it opened my eyes to how how creative and resilient and innovative and dope that we are, yo. Mm-hmm. Like and we created a lot of things. Yeah, a lot of things. It's man. only going. It's only pushing me to continue doing what I'm doing and providing a platform for the next generation when I leave this earth. Most definitely. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I know now. Like, I didn't see... I was trying to find some like some stuff out there about social workers or, you know, black social workers and stuff like that. You didn't uh, have any? Couldn't find any. I did find the education piece, but I couldn't find any. Um, but I know that we've contributed to this field. It's hidden, though. My homeboy, Rashawn, um, shout out to Rashawn. He got a new book coming out called The Injured... What is it called? The Injured Reserve... No, let me see. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. And what is and what, what does he do? He's a mental health advocate. Okay. But he um he's dealt with mental illness and he's he wrote a book about it. Okay. And um let's see. Yeah. Yep, and it's called Injured Reserve. It's available, it'll be available at the end of the month. Um, by Rashawn Miller. Okay. It's a pretty much a play-by-play play, playbook on how to deal with, you know, 
It says, how can you discover common signs and symptoms associated with mental illness? How can you help and support a loved one who is living with a mental illness? And how can you stop the stigmatization of mental illness after learning the information written in the book? Um, so the first-hand account from a black man who's double mental illness. Shout out to Sean. Um, so that's going to happen. What, what I was going with this? Oh, um, I didn't see any. And he did, Black History Month, he did a whole month dedicated to individuals in the mental health field that contributed. Mm-hmm. That were black over the in over the years, and I thought it was one of the most amazing things ever. So, with that being said, knowing what I know about the museum, I'm only going to do what I continue to do, and to and to make sure that I can leave a lasting impression on the next generation. Right. So they can see that somebody was in the field that was black and was looked like them that was doing what they were doing because that's what that our ancestors and those that came before us was doing for us. Right. You know what I'm saying? They're doing something that they felt that they needed to stand up for, they're doing something that was felt that was right and doing the, something that's gonna have an impact, impact on our culture. On a culture and the next the generation. Future. Yep. So they knew that. And I don't think a lot of us do that. We don't we don't do a lot of things. We don't act on our purpose or our our life because um, or our, our gifts because we we want it all to ourselves, mm-hmm. not knowing that this thing that we have inside of us is going to have an impact. Have an impact on the next generation. Mm-hmm, yeah. So I agree with you. That's that. Um, where where are we at on that? Where are we at? We still spending an hour. Are we have an hour yet. Fifty three. Gosh, man. Jeez. Trying to tell you. All right, man. Let's get saucy. It gets real saucy, man. Let's get into this uh, Joe Osteen thing. Okay. Um, So, Mr. Joe Osteen, as you know, Hurricane Harvey hit Houston past Mm -hmm. couple couple weeks. And um, the issue at play was that Mr. Osteen has a mega church down there, which is the old Houston Rocket Stadium. Um. Apparently his his doors of his church was closed. Um, it was his bottom level of his church had um, flooded, and then Twitter flamed him. Social media flamed him. Uh, it was reports that it wasn't flooded. Mm-hmm. So then reports come out saying that you know the doors were he had made the city didn't. Joe had said that doors or the church was open, and at one point it was a, a safety risk because they had water in the church. Mm-hmm. They had flooded one time before, and it was still a safety risk at this time. So, you know what I'm saying, they didn't open it. They, well, social media pushed push that button. He come out and make a statement. He says that the government, the city of Houston, didn't ask for him to be a shelter that to be they wanted them to be a distribution center because they have plenty of shelters working in the area at the current moment so he said that and then he said like I said he didn't they didn't ask him to be a shelter just yet and then they ended up uh, it's open now the church is open now they ended up opening the church it's a shelter and everything else going on. And then they had service Sunday where they also passed around collection plates with those <laughs> individuals who, with their congregation, of course, and those individuals who were victims of the hurricane. So uh, there was a big, big, big debate about this, about, again, the church and these mega churches and these pastors taking money from the people, not doing anything for the community. Um from Christians and non-Christians, um, we, a lot of Christians was on this whole thing, quick to bash or whatever, and then um, 
you know, so we had a lot of back and forth. So what you think about it? Man, from what I heard and everything that I gathered, I mean, you got the surrounding churches doing what they do. Just so happens you have the biggest church in, what did you say, Houston? Okay. One of the biggest churches. In the One of church. the biggest churches. But your surrounding smaller churches are providing shelter. Right. Doing what the church, you know, should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um. I feel like this multi multi million dollar church that he has should be helping in any kind of way. You know what I'm saying? This should, right, it shouldn't right, be a right, question. Right, right. These people that these people pretty much pay for this huge church that you have. Mm-hmm. You know, the people that come there on a regular basis, they come there, get your word. I'm pretty sure you pass the collection plate around on a regular Sunday Mm -hmm, mm because on this particular Sunday was not the day to pass around the collection plate. Um, I just feel like that was not a good gesture. Um, I feel like he should have had the doors open for these people. Um, You know, and y'all were speaking on uh, liability. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, I think he, I I don't know what he did as far as like sending out food and water and all of that stuff, if he did, you know, cahoots to you. But, you know, the simple fact that you, you know, didn't have the door open when your people needed you kind of like disappointed me. Right. It kind it definitely disappointed me. Um, I, I, I don't know. And then you, did you say that there was a video where his, or like his body language didn't look like it was welcoming to the yeah, people? Yeah, the last couple of videos, his body language didn't look like it was welcoming. Um, or like when they, everybody was, this church was open, the shelter was open and stuff like that for them. It didn't look like he was welcoming. Of course, that's just a video. I don't know. Somebody right, said right. something to him. It's, slick it's and social he was media. Like, he might have just like, he was already upset about mm-hmm. something. Yeah, well, um, I, I don't, I, I'm not going to put my full take on it. I'm just going off of what I'm hearing from you. And what I think is right is, I mean, whether there was liability or no liability, whatever there was, I feel like the man should have had his doors open. Um, I feel like the man should have had his doors open for the people when they needed him. Um, I don't know if it's going to have an impact on his church or not, but I mean, in, in a sense, made me if I was a member of your church I would have looked at you different mm-hmm. I wouldn't want to be a part of that church right um I just I, I, I feel like he should have had a good heart from the rip mm-hmm. off off bucks because you feel like he should have just opened up and I, yeah because I, I mean that's that's the proper thing to do you right. know like say your neighbor has his house flooded like his pipes burst or something like he comes to you for a place to stay and you tell him no he ain't got nowhere else to go right a good neighbor is gonna invite him into the warm and dry house yeah you know what I mean so but here's here's my issue here's my issue mm -hmm. because like when it happened I was like you know I waited I waited like a couple for like a couple two three days before I even kind of had something to say had something to say about it Um, because I wanted all the facts ain't nobody down in Houston you know so we in Virginia you know what I'm saying um I took issue with a lot of people that, you know what I'm saying, that were saying stuff about the church, saying stuff about Christians and um So they didn't like make it about him, they made it about the, the religion itself. Yeah, they took that one single incident and made it about the religion itself, about Christians and stuff, da 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 da. Um, I had like one dude off the random, he wasn't even my following on Twitter, but he was like he hit me and was like, you know, isn't it always what would Jesus do though? 
when it comes to being a Christian? And I was just like, no. Like, I mean, what? Jesus got his commands from God. Like, mm. he hears from God just like us. That's what we, God tells us we follow God, and that's what it is. Like, it was, but then, like, a lot of people condemn the church and condemn Christianity, condemn pastors taking money from people and stuff like that and not giving back to the community. My issue was that a lot of folks, a lot of folks out here condemning, quick. Well, as soon as the church do something wrong, they quit. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? They quick to say something slip, say something about the church or whatever, Christianity, religion, but not doing anything in their community. Exactly. Not doing anything for their fellow brother or sister. You feel what I'm saying? Or even if they're put into the situation not doing what is supposed to be right. Exactly. So, but we so quick to condemn on social media. Like, what are you doing in your community? Mm-hmm. What are you doing for your fellow neighbor? Do you even talk to your neighbor? Do you even ask them, are they, are they okay? I mean, like, it goes beyond just the whole religion aspect of it. It just goes beyond, it goes into the, the facts of being a human, decent human being. Yeah, it, what's you know right what and what's wrong. What's like, right it, and what's wrong. Is it, is it right for you to talk about a whole group of uh, people, a certain people who worship a certain God and not do nothing on your end? You right. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not, that's not right. right. And I know for a fact a lot of these people are selfish. I know a fact for a lot of these people are all about them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So, minus the religion, you know what I'm saying? If we're supposed to be take care of one another, love one another, then... How can you sit there and judge a religion or a pastor for what they're off doing? Off of one person's actions. You feel what I'm saying? Yeah, off of one person's actions. And even if just Joel, because a lot of, I think we got also two of these, these mega churches. You can't, and it's, it's hard to explain if you don't, if you're not a Christian or understand. If God allows you to enlarge your territory and gives you calls you the ability to be pastor over millions or a couple hundred thousand people and he gives you the church to do so who am I to say that that's not that God didn't tell you to do that you feel what I'm saying Right. I know what God has for me and I know that's cliche saying but you know, I talk to God. I know what God has for me and my purpose and stuff like that. But that pastor, if he's called the pastor, and then he's called the pastor, you got pastors called the pastor, 20, 30 people, 100 people, 150, 200, 250, 1,000, 1,500, you have, you know, different pastors called to do so. You feel what I'm saying? And, and that's okay. But it's like I can't, you can't sit there Cause we don't know, and I, I had a, I, you just you just can't sit there and sit there and think like because this mega church and this mega pastor is, is pastoring a thousand some people to a hundred thousand people that they're not doing nothing for the community. You don't know what Osteen and them boys been doing down there in Houston. You don't know what families they're affected. I don't care how much money he make and what's got going on. I understand, and this coming from somebody that's in church. It's coming from a Christian. I understand that the church has some things about the church that is not that's a frown upon. We understand that. We know that. I know that the church needs to be more of a pillar in the community like they was back in the day, which they are not right now. You know what I'm saying? So what are you doing? Where is the money going? Mm-hmm. You feel what I'm saying? I know that. But I also know that if God has commissioned you to pastor over uh, many of people or pastor a church, 
it's much more behind the scenes that you will ever know than any of us will ever know. Right. Unless you're in the trenches with that pastor. You feel what I'm saying? And you don't know what that church has done to affect families in that area. I don't know. Right. People can just say, oh, well, they're a mega church. That product, they, they, that family's giving money to that church and this, that, and the third. They, they broke. Okay. Well, has anybody ever thought that that family might be broke or not in the financial you know, situation that they should be because they wasn't listening to God and what God was telling them? You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Maybe they misstepped the line of what God told them to do and they went the other way. You feel what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Nobody thinks nobody thinks critically no more, Spizzy. Mm-hmm. They just, we just quick to judge, and that's why with that situation that happened, I'm not I'm not happy with it. You know, because I think the church he should have had the church open off break off right, rip. Right. You know what I'm saying? If it was safe to go in, it should have been open. You shouldn't have when you shouldn't have waited for the city to tell you be a shelter. It's a massive hurricane. People are dying. People are losing houses. Open it up. You know, if it's safe enough to open up. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to sit here and condemn you. Right. You feel what I'm saying? you don't know what's going on behind the wall. I don't know doors. what's going on behind the wall. I don't, I'm not in Houston right now. All I'm seeing is pictures from social media. You know what I'm saying? So, but we quick to judge. We quick to, and especially when it comes to religion, man. You, you already know. We just quick to just denounce it. And it's like, okay, so what are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, in your community with your your fellow man, with your fellow woman, what are you doing? If you're able to do it, you know what I'm saying. If you're able to do yeah. it, yeah. But, but even because I mean, that different. There's everybody has different situations. But that goes outside of that, though, Spizzy. Mm-hmm. You don't cost you nothing to treat me a certain way. It doesn't cost you anything to respect me. It doesn't cost you anything to. I agree. Volunteer. I agree. You know what I'm saying? I, uh, people always equate money to. Doing stuff for the community, no. You can volunteer. You can do a lot of stuff for the community. Yeah, all the all people doing for the community is pressing share on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> and thinking they're doing something exactly. or, or putting up a status on Twitter on Facebook, speaking their mind, and you just really it's opinion. What are you That's doing? It is opinion based. Yeah, what are you doing to the to, to that opinion? And yeah, it goes back to you saying saying that these people are being greedy. They just doing that for for to be known mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to be seen, right? You know, like right? They, to they be, want, yeah, they want to be known. Hey, I got the tea if you need it, right? You know what I mean? Right. Like, like right. if you need the tea and the accurate tea, I'm that guy you need. And then they start to make their little uh, blog or whatever mm-hmm. based off of their inaccurate opinion. Right. You know what I'm saying? You can share the facts. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you like put like a crazy opinion as the caption, oh, it's like good, it's that's, good. that's clickbait. Yeah, clickbait. man. Clickbait. All That's crazy. And like I said, I like I said, I, I've always like growing, coming up. I've always been kind of iffy of the mega churches and those those pastors and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Um, these prominent pastors and stuff. Um, I've I've personally never listened to Olstein's any of his service uh, sermons before, because um, I didn't get it. I I personally didn't get, you know, connected to him. One once I listened to him, mm-hmm. um, TD Jakes, I, I I'm automatically connected to with his his sermons. Um, 
who else is a kind of a mega church pastor? Even now, it'll be like St. Mary's is kind of like a mega church down in Richmond. Um, you know, St. Pastor Jamal Bryant, stuff like that, I got connected to. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Joyce Myers, stuff like that. You know, you get gems from you get connected to. I, I just never got that connection from Osteen. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, but I, and I, I've been weary about those different mega churches and those prominent pastors like that, but that doesn't necessarily skew my view of what the work that they're doing or tr- or attempting to do if as long as it is in God's will. Now, if you're doing something outside of God's will, best believe it's going to come to the light, mm-hmm. which it has. So many pastors and so many churches. You find out the pastor doing this or the church is somebody in the church doing this. Yeah, it comes back. It comes back. So... And like I said, but a lot of people are like, oh my God, you know, again, they go back to the condemning the whole religion, condemning church, condemning our pastors and stuff like that. And it's like, if you will understand what it means to be Christian, it says right there in the Bible, what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. Yeah, it also says thou shalt not judge. Yeah, and thou shalt not judge. And Leave that to God. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My thing is, I I don't really get too much into religion, mm-hmm. but I'm the type of guy where it's like you see a guy, he has a mega church, and he gets caught up in some crazy stuff that has to do with money. Right. I don't judge that man from what he does because I don't know what happened. I also don't know what the situation is, but when the verdict comes back to him being guilty of it, it's no surprise. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm not I'm not gonna put I don't put anything past anybody, but I also don't judge anybody. Right. You know what I'm saying? Because I I know right from wrong. Right. Whether I'm in a Bible or whether I'm in the street, I know right from wrong. And it's just like I don't care if it's religion, not religion. I I, I just I'm just a firm believer in what's right is right, what's wrong is wrong. And also, I like not putting anything past anybody until they're. Uh, how do you, how, how can I how can I put it? Um, innocent until proven guilty. Innocent until proven guilty, pretty yeah, much. Yeah, yeah. I don't put nothing past nobody, right. and I just feel like even with him being convicted of, you know, uh, stealing from the church or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. whatever pastor, preacher, whatever it may be, if they making money and they found guilty of that. It's no surprise, man. It's, it's, it's no surprise to me. Why is it no surprise to you, though? I mean, just it's just the way that it goes by. I, feel, I, I mean, me personally, I don't feel like you, anyone should be paying to get the word. Right. I don't. Right. I, I don't feel like that's right. I mean, mm-hmm. I. I don't know. Like I said, I just I don't. I don't really understand. Why people pass around the collection plate when you got people struggling? You know, you got people like if if it's going to a good cause, by all means. But if it's how you making your money, mm-hmm. that's why I have a problem with it. You know, if you're really helping the community with this collection plate and stuff like that, by all means, pass that collection plate around. But if you riding around in the Bentley and you got a mansion, that's when I'm like. Nah, bro. We draw the line right there. Like, you gotta see me with these with these hands real quick. <laughs> but I mean, why? You know why? I mean? My, my, my my question is though, like, why 
can't a pastor drive a nice car? He can drive a nice car. Why can't he drive a Bentley? If you want to pull up in a Lambo, why he can't pull up in a Lambo? That's fine, but (laughs) did it come from my money? Right. Or did it come from you working what you work? It's no problem if the pastor has a a profit organization Mm -hmm. on the side that he does, like him going to like, what do you call it? Uh, uh, you speak. Yeah. You going out to motivational speaks, speakings, and all that, <laughs> uh, or uh, speeches. I'm saying, I said speakings. If he does motivational speakings and pop ups and stuff like that, that's cool because that's you know that has that's nothing separate. nothing to do with the church. But when I come to church and I'm thinking you giving me the word and you know it's all good, I feel great, and then I give you this, I give you X amount of money because you made me feel good, and it goes to your Bentley payment. Or your your mortgage, that's when I have a problem. Yeah, but we still wouldn't know that. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, here's the thing, though. I mean, because you say like public, like let's take for like TD Jakes makes money off of movies and off of uh, speaking and stuff like that. He's typically speaking about God. Um, here's the problem. Here's the issue with that, though. I'm trying trying to get you to see differently. A lot of times, pastors are full-time pastors. That's their job. Mm-hmm. So the church is ran by the members and the, the deaconess board or whatever, the board of trustees, whatever they have in there. The church is operated by, is only operated by the members that they have. That's how it's funded. Mm-hmm. The church in and of itself is technically a business. Cause so are all of these people coming together as one to pay the bills? Who else can pay them? The people. I mean, it's your church. If that's your church, you 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 you're paying for that church. You gotta think. Let's go back. Let's go back in history. They had churches, black people, that they built, that they funded, that they kept kept up. That was their place of refuge. That was their place of safety. That's where they worshipped at. That's where they fellowshiped at. That's what it was. Now, again, some of these megachurches, some of these prominent pastors, I don't know how much of what they're doing in their church is, is God, God's will. Mm-hmm. Again, not passing no judgment. They had to deal with God when the time comes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? What's and what's done in the dark will be brought to the light. God going to deal with you. It ain't my place to put that on, to, to condemn you or do whatever. But who's to say, like I said, who else going to pay for the church? The church is for us. It's a place where we come and fellowship at. It's a place where we uh, worship at. You know what I'm saying? The church is necessary for us Christians to, you feel what I'm saying, to, um, to have. Now, of course, like I said, you can, you can get a loan from the bank and, Put the do put, things your way and build a, a mega church or build a bigger church to to house your members. That's that's true. But who gonna keep the the building up? Somebody gotta keep the building up, busy. Mm-hmm. It's still a business on the back end. You feel what I'm saying? Because somebody has to keep that building up. I, I do. I, and and as far as the, the giving your money to pay for the the, the things in the church, that's. That's that's pretty much your church. You feel mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So you, somebody has to maintain it and help build up the cost and the dues for what it needs to keep the lights on in the church. Correct. Because who else is going to do it? If you got a full time pastor, 
that's his job every day. Mm-hmm. So that full time pastor is the pastor of what five hundred people. Mm-hmm. Then he got at least 250 people calling him daily to pray for him, come to the hospital, come here, come there, speak here, speak there. Um, He has a family. He got to provide for it, too. Mm -hmm. You feel what I'm saying? People have to look at it, look at it from the perspective of the pastor, too. You know what I'm saying? Because the pastor, if that's the most, and a lot of us, it's a lot of full time pastors, and there's also a lot of part time pastors, it's pastoral churches, and working 40 hours a week. So then you gotta take, they taking full time pastor jobs, everything that comes with a pastor in the church, plus working for a full time agency in business. Which goes back to me saying everything you just said, I agree with. Yeah. Which goes back to me saying, this is why Joel Osteen is wrong. <laughs> <laughs> this is why he was wrong. You know, yeah, and I, I, I agree with you though. I think he, he should have opened up off the break because, like that, the church is for the people. The church, people make up the church. Right. That's what the church is there for, for us to be. You know, for a place of safety, refuge, and worship. You know, and as far as the giving money piece, like I said, we give money to so many other different things. It's not. Yeah, because I mean, it, it, what you, what you just said could apply to like a a little committee. Yeah, you know what I'm saying, like like, like a biker gang, yeah. or a biker group, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they they can all have ideas. Hey man, we got this trip down to uh, uh, Myrtle Beach Bike Week or whatever. You know what I'm saying? But we got a couple members that you know are not fortunate enough to ride because they got bills they got to pay. They come together. Everybody put up money. Put up money for the man to get gas and for get a hotel room when he yeah. go down there. So I feel, I definitely feel what you're saying. Yeah, because that, like I said, that money is used utilized to help keep the church running. But it also a point in time we I've, I've seen at least my church I've seen churches where somebody is in need and it's like here go, you know what I'm saying? We got it. This was right. And it's coming it's from the right the, it's coming from the inside the community, inside the it's church. It's the right thing to do. And that's that's just I'm yeah. That just goes by goes back to me what I was saying about, you know, just doing the what's right. Yeah. You know, like like I said, it's no problem. If if that pastor or preacher or whatever is taking that money and helping the church Helping uh, the needs of the church, the community, the people, whatever. If he's helping them people, like if he's doing all of these things and that's his full time job, like the church has to get better. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it has to get better. He he has a reason to take that and you know live off of that because he's living for the people in a sense. Mm-hmm. But like when you're doing stuff like that, then you say, nah, church close. It's just a little water outside. Y'all good? Like, mm. Mm, nah, bro. Nah, bro. And again, we don't. Like I said, I don't. Like, we don't know the full story. If we don't know the full story, yeah, I, we don't I, know the if, full story. It, if the church was safe enough, the church should have been open at the end of the day. Yeah, I most definitely, because so. that was the right thing to do. That would have been the right thing. That to was do. the right thing to you do. You have a big enough state uh, church to, to house people. I don't care if they didn't ask you to be a shelter or not. You could have been a shelter and a distribution center at the same time. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't there. Right. I just, you know, it was going. Just going off of what the media, (laughs) going off what the media said, and I'm going off what Joel said. Really, I'm really, I'm really basing my opinion on what Joel said. Yeah. That's it. 
Man, tell us the truth, Joe. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? What really happened, Joe? Yeah. And go from there, man. We, we would love to interview you. <laughs> Joe, come on in, Joe. Come on in. Go on. Um, I don't. <laughs> Church was always open, guys. You guys can go on to iTunes and get my sermons now <laughs> for $10.99. <laughs> oh, snap, man. It's all good, though, man. Yeah. Um, Any closing remarks, my guy? Oh, man. Um... It's just a bunch of crazy stuff going on, man. We got a, another hurricane come. I think Hurricane Irma, and then like Jose is behind it, and we already had it's another one in the Gulf too. Man, it's going wild. We got things going on in the earth, man. I just want to, you know, send good energy up to anybody and um, anybody going through this uh, hurricane situation. Anybody that has family members down there, man. We got the backwoods. Just want to give y'all big shout outs and just hope every hope everything goes well for y'all. We wish you the best, man. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, I have one last question before we go. Mm -hmm. Do you believe in man-made weather? Man-made weather? Nah. <laughs> That's another podcast. That's been a topic. That's wow. been a topic, latest topic. You want to know something? I've always believed that there's a, there's a way. If we can send a man to the moon, mm -hmm. we can bring tornadoes down to the ground. I don't know how they do it, but they can do it. I, I don't know. I don't know. It's I, debatable. I just, I really think that, just, I mean, not to get into it too deep, I just think that due to all the pollution and the, 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 the climate change and stuff like that, that that's why we're having these natural yeah. disasters and stuff yeah. like that. Because nature is going to be, is going to be. Nature's getting tired of it. Like, nature, just, just how, yeah. just how we put toxins in our body and we want to, you know, throw up. Mm -hmm. That's probably what the, what the world is Nature. doing. You know what? Y'all feed me all this trash. Well, let me go ahead and show y'all what I got yeah. for you. Let me go ahead and detox real quick. I just don't know if we're able... I just don't know if that's, that's true. I just think that due to the pollution and the, the natural order of nature in and of itself... I live off the fact that any thing is possible. I do, too. I do. I, I do. Don't think I think anything is possible. I don't think that there's like a, a airplane that goes into a cloud and takes it, gives it a little a leave pill. And like, here, here's my little tornado pill. Oh, right. Gotta make a little tornado real quick. I don't think it's like that. I'm just uh, thinking about nature and how nature adapts regardless of man they intimate. Yeah. Nature. I'm fascinated in that, actually. Just, like, seeing, like, how a hurricane spins so violently and how a tsunami just comes about, like, and it's it's wild, man. Yeah. Like, Mother Nature, she's, she's like Father Time. She's undefeated. She's undefeated. That's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, Father Time is undefeated. Mother Nature is... Undefeated. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's a scary. We'll, it's a scary thing. Yeah. We'll get into that, man. Um, make sure y'all go check us out on YouTube, man. We're on the Backwoods TV, uh, where we post all of our promo videos and any type of videos related to the episodes. Um, they will have the links in the description to the episodes. Mm -hmm. um, y'all make sure y'all go like, share, and subscribe. We need more subscribers. Yeah, man. Like um, and share. Definitely uh, like and share. Um, definitely, we're on Facebook. Uh, under the Backwoods podcast, we're under, we're actually on Instagram as well, underscore the Backwoods three. And if you guys have any questions or comments, let us know. Leave us on one, one of the multiple social media pages. Um, even email us at the Backwoods three at gmail.com we have the shirts coming soon once we figure out the design and who's going to do the vending I'm not sure how we're going to you send me the kind of funky 
So I'm waiting to see we'll see when that happens. But once we do drop the shirts, we'll let everybody know. And uh, like the headbands and stuff like that. Yes, sir. But um, man, make sure y'all send some love out to my man Basil B. Yeah, holler at the Chauncey Billups, man. Let him know. Send his good positive vibes and prayers over that guy, man. Yes, sir. Get him back out here quicker. Other than that, though, man, I don't have nothing else, man. Until next time, we'll definitely talk to y'all. Y'all be great. And as always, it's the Backwoods. We'll see y'all again. Stay focused.